There was an idea, Virgil and I knew this, called the Marvel Cinematic Universe Marathon Watch. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people that had yet to experience the epic journey of the MCU saga and one conveniently obsessed fanboy to guide the way to see if they could become something more, to see if they could work together when we needed them to, to discuss the movies that the masses never could or did years ago but haven't had an excuse to in a really long time. Fiona, Virgil, and Elliot are marvelously late. Guardians. I'm not saying that I'm hungry. I haven't eaten anything. I haven't yeah, guard, guard dogs. I ate two eggs this morning. That's it? Mm-hmm. What time I is it? Really, I haven't really eaten anything. What time is morning for you? What time is morning for me? That's relative. Fiona, I am always morning. That's oh. weird. <laughs> what was a weird response? Oh, I, I made it weird. It was a play on words. Bloobs didn't make it weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not really. You guys aren't like give affectionate names to inanimate objects either. I I call. What are you talking about? I call a lot of weird things a lot of weird things. That's name one. I believe that actually. Schmoop. Right. I had to explain to you what weed I call weed. Like I have plenty of. Did you have some? I, I ever since 2016, I call coffee covefe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like that. I don't even like. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like the funniest, stupidest, fucking so retarded funny, thing I've ever heard. Sorry, but it also that. like elicits this like tiny spark of rage. I know, yeah, right? Exactly. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. Kind of fun it's kind of fun to say. I just get like a visceral like bile reaction to any reference to come up, hey. 45 it just it cracks me up and say 45 is a bummer oh yeah <laughs> i agree i agree any mention of it is i don't want to get political yeah um yeah guardians one can we kind of um, lump them together a little bit Sure. Because don't they go together like back to back? No, they they okay. Then we, don't. I mean, I feel like I watch them back to back, and let's, I get let's, what you're saying. Let's, um, let's talk, let's talk about them back to back. But it's I fine. feel like if you want to bring something up from two while we're talking about one, that's fair. We, we can kind of talk about them simultaneously, anyway. Uh, no judgment for sure. Well, well here we're, we're down, we're, we're uh, leaving Earth again, um, just like in Captain Marvel, and we're uh, but. Captain Marvel was tethered to Earth um, with Nick Fury and Coulson and all this and the birth of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all this, but now we're now we are going really far away and we're going out there into the galaxy and all this, and so we can talk about we can talk about Guardians 1 and 2 because they don't necessarily have an impact on the MCU until they do, so let's just, let's fucking dive in Yeah, well and so 
to um, Virgil's point earlier about like the tone of the movie being different and kind of like more similar to the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I also thought like the style of character was pretty different where like, um, as opposed to most of the Marvel characters that we've met so far who, you know, an event happens to them and drastically changes them and is either like traumatic or um, self-induced through science um, or whatever, they end up on this like very distinct path. Whereas like here we suddenly have this like ragtag group of misfits where it's more about like them being outside of society. Like they're all kind of like pillagers or thieves um, and stuff like that. And they sort of like fall into the um, fight. Like, um, so Quill. Um, yes. Star-Lord. Star-Lord, Star-Lord. right? <laughs> I do um, love his name. Yeah. Star-Lord. <laughs> when, when, when he, on a, you know, the, the, the movie is so beautifully bookended by him trying to get that name, you know, like uh, 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 the, 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 the dude finds him in the beginning. He's like, I'm Star-Lord. He's like, who? And then, at the, <laughs> right. and then like at the very end like you know star lord oh man and at the very Come end on. like he the guy finds him again he goes star lord he goes finally <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's it's fucking yeah. awesome it's like oh it happened <laughs> Which, like, like it's it's working it's sticking oh my yeah, god i actually really thought i i kind of i for so long i think i kind of talked about this in another episode like didn't want to watch this because Chris Pratt, I don't know, I was a little bit nervous about how I mm. feel about his okay. portrayal of just like mm. this type of character. Yeah, I was nervous and too. I, really? I actually was super pleasantly surprised that he never really got to Chris Pratt or kind of too kind of dick it. Like I thought he would play it up the ego a little bit more, but he actually does it in a really funny way. And I really liked him so much more than I thought I would in these in these two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he yeah. still does have his like sort of trademark humor style. So I wonder like how much yeah. they let him improvise and like how much of it was how much. I of think a lot was... of it that. I mean, it sounds so Chris Pratt like that. I would guess that he had some probably you know, a good I, amount of. I was reading. reading. I've been reading like a lot of like weird articles now that keep co- popping up on Facebook about Marvel and like behind the scenes shit. Mm. And there were a couple of movies that they were talking about where the directors, they didn't even like, especially in the beginning, they didn't even have like scripts. They were just in, like every scene almost was improvised. Really? They do a lot. Damn. They do a lot of improv-, improv in these movies. Like they allow for a lot of things to happen. That's cool. I love it when directors um, like put, like have faith in their actors and shit. Well, the, I should the, start, the, and you start saving these lists and sending them to you on Facebook. Yes, please. <laughs> I would love that. I'll, 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 they'll pop up again. I'll find them. Well, I think that the Marvel process, like, is like, um, uh, you know, it's now it's such an engine, right? It's, it's such a massive franchise, and like, they are literally making billions of dollars, like, you know, uh, on, on all this. So when they announce a project, they announce the project, and they just, announce it to their team and they have like all these artists and vxx vfx guys and all this who just start drawing just the way they did um you know like they, they, they even refer to it as the bullpen and the bullpen was used to be in you know 
Marvel Comics uh, office, you know, right in, in the middle of Manhattan, they would, like, you know, Stanley would run out of his office and scream, uh, Thor, uh, Spider-Man, and like, and it just get to fucking work, and it would just start drawing this stuff. And that's kind of how it works with uh, Kevin Feige, who is the the head of you know of of Marvel Studios. Just go into the um, visual artists team and say, "We're doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Read it, read all of it, start drawing." Before they've cast anyone, before they have a director, before they have a script. First things first, we have to start figuring out what this movie is going to look like, what what the costumes are going to be. Like with Armin, they had like we really need a guy with a very small head. <laughs> the fucking suits I hate. And like, you know, what's um how is uh Peter Quill's mask gonna work? Is gonna wear that? It's kind of creepy. Our kids gonna like it. Let's put him in a trench coat. Um, like the Walkman thing was uh clearly a James Gunn story device. Uh the director who eventually ended up on the movie and made it his own. Absolutely. Uh but like what does Groot look like on screen? Like they had to figure this shit out. And then they another room of people like figure out who's going to direct this, who's going to shoot it and blah, blah, blah. That's so cool. I mean, there's so much, there's so many layers to the production of this. And I always am like overwhelmed to think about what order they must have gone in, you know, like how do you start putting something like this together? That's crazy. Yeah. There's there's a lot of really interesting articles I've read. Um, Like I've read a lot of interesting stuff about the costume design. Like that's actually one of the first things they do because of the process that Elliot's talking about. Mm -hmm. So like costume actually gets all this artwork way up front because they're doing all this in the beginning so that they can start building stuff. And they've even said that apparently like they'll be working on a costume and the costume department themselves will create their own stories about how maybe like a certain shield got like you know, slightly kind of roughed up or like why the K pings askew and like they'll like sometimes like work these stories into the like into the movie because they haven't necessarily done even a script at all yet. Like they haven't even come to writing. They're just doing all this. They're just like creating all this art like right uh, up front to like yeah. gear head like what the story could be. Um, yeah, the it sounds amazing. Like I bet that would be such a cool job to work for. Oh, thing. can you imagine? So, yeah. Oh my god. I would the work con- in their costume department. Concept designer for uh, uh, there was just a um, uh, uh, I just heard an interview with one of the like one of the lead concept designers for Marvel, and like um, you know they get all this shit ahead of time. And they're like, here's your start drawing this and stuff, and they're done all these costumes and suits and stuff like that. But there has to be a story reason for everything. So mm-hmm. you know cap wears a, just a one piece has a helmet but it always has to kind of come off at a certain point because frankly chris evans is handsome as shit <laughs> so I mean, I, 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 there's a little awkward scene in avengers when like an alien like pulls his mask off and it's like oh thank god because i didn't want to look at that a on his forehead all night i wanted to look at those beautiful blue eyes those um, beautiful blue eyes <laughs> Though they, they have a little green in them now that I see them up close. Do you know what's funny? Oh. Is like I actually thought um Bucky. Do you remember was that? Hotter. Do you remember that line? <gasps> oh yeah, from yeah, yeah. Soldier from the guy uh, that's like doing the whole right. thing. Right. So you so you do have um, Finally uh, a flaw. Finally a flaw. Um, as if as if green is a flaw. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Right. There's a reason that like uh Captain America's costumes change the video and Iron Man changes in a very different way 
like you know, all has suit-ups and stuff to the point where it is just particles that come onto him and all this. But like, but Cap's suit says very practical and we'll get there. But Ant-Man's suit is technologically amazing, but it's kind of clunky. You know, I, the, the, there's a story. I was reading that, about that too, about like the process they went through designing his because it was supposed to be like made in the 50s or whatever. Exactly. So it's like so retro. Like, a little retro, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, um, so there's just like a story reason for all these costumes and their functions and everything. It's fucking awesome. Fiona, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I was no? listening to your thing. But I mean, I will talk about. Um, yes. So in guardians and like how they're all like the ragtag group of misfits and stuff i actually felt like i identified with this group of characters more than like the regular um superheroes because it's just like they're kind of just trying to do their best and they're just like trying to figure shit out and then like um rocket who like he didn't jump out at me immediately as um like a likable character I love but like until 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 the second movie actually oh but there was a moment in the first one where he's like he's drunk and they're like and he's fighting group when they're gambling yeah and like rocket's like just fucking furious because he hurt my feelings is essentially which yeah like you've never had yourself taken apart and put back together. It's over and over again, <clears throat> over and over again. Yeah, and like now, really like, like they're Rocket. calling me Merman, and, and they're calling me um, like Bradley Rodin. I know that's so unreal. It's like I, I still can't hear it when I'm listening for it. Even I know. I I, I yeah. agree. He's so good. Yeah. He's fine. I just I really like Rocket a lot. Yeah, I mean he grew on me. It's quite a cool a bit. character, right? But like they the whole, I mean, on you. He Groot on me. Aww, <laughs> that was Groot. lame. Okay, I'll I really love Groot. Actually, um, oh the, but like God. the, but the, the, dude, the, the line "We are Groot" at the end. Yeah. If you're not, if you're crying. not crying, if you're not crying, <laughs> no, you're fucking. So cute. You're more of a robot than Ultron is because yes. you should just get the fuck out. Although of here. I, I have yeah. to say, we are Groot. Groot like, is somehow you know group. what that means. Somehow you know what that means. <laughs> Sacrifice I was reading like a fan theory that um that him and his race are like descended from the the tree of life that connects all of the different things together. Oh. I thought that I was not gonna like Groot because everyone You thought you was, weren't? Why? Well, there was so much there's so much fanfare around him and like everyone was obsessed. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought he was gonna be like this an annoying character. I thought but he was going to be like another like Jar Jar Binks kind of a situation. Yeah, oh. I have a feeling. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, but why does everybody love job. him so much? Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, what is Baby Groot? I don't yeah, like well, Baby Groot. Well, but... Especially in Volume 2, like, it's like, is this a fucking toy? Like, uh, is this a beanie baby? Like, uh, you know, <laughs> right? But, but it's kind of like the... He's just adorable, I think, the second movie. Like, he... Oh. Doesn't no, get but, I like when he gets to be a teen, like that's my favorite. Dude, teenage Groot is so fucking funny. He's like but, kind of there at the end of the second movie, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah, sort oh, of like, yeah. yeah. I think they cut to him. Yeah. 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 Um like but, in the uh, beginning, he's like the tiny little guy dancing around. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, right, right. Um, uh, awesome. I love Groot. And I feel like the main thing I remember about this movie is kind of like the jail, like they're breaking out of jail. Right. Was like a big portion of it. You get think, like, I really remember the second one a lot. I yeah. feel like. And you kind of meet Gamora. And I think this is, Thanos is kind of sort of introduced the most mm-hmm. here outside of like an after movie clip i feel like mm-hmm. yes the, the first thing we see in the movie is uh, a kid in the hospital as his mother passes yeah yeah you mean yeah and that's super sad when you learn about that and what jeff bridges did to his mother like that's the reason she died like that was so kurt, kurt russell, kurt russell. Me. oh kurt russell whatever those two are so uh how did, wait hasn't wait jeff bridges was in the first it was an Iron Man. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kurt Russell. Sorry, it's my bad. They're all here. <laughs> Line them up. Just mean um, white guys. I do like Star Lord's character. Like I, he's like, I like his mixtapes. <laughs> like yeah, I totally get why people were like freaking out about them. What a beautiful the mixtapes. Uh, yeah. What a beautiful story. And at the end, he gets the second one, which was cute. Ugh. Like, why hadn't he opened that sooner, dum-dum? I know, that was dumb. It would make it um, too real. It would make it too real. I know, I get it. Like, I understand why he waited. Do you? <laughs> yeah, like, it's because it's like, that's his, the last connection he has to his yeah. mother. So it's like, if he opens it, then there's nothing it, else to look forward to because who knows what it is, you know? But it's like, at the same time, it's to. like, oh man, yeah. you could have been listening to this awesome mixtape this whole time. Yeah. But I get why he didn't open it. He's yeah. like, I thought that it was like, he's a really endearing character. Endearing. Um, I also love the the collector. Because we met him at the end of the, the Thor movie when he gets... Yeah. Oh, briefly, yeah. A stone of some sort. They, what did they yeah. give him at the end of that movie? I think they give him the ether at the end of... Uh, um, uh, is that world. what it was? Okay. I believe so. So he's um, like he's he's collecting the Infinity Stones before anyone else fucking does. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's Benicio del Toro. Yeah, I know. Yeah, awesome. again oh. with fucking casting with the Beautiful. shock of white hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. And his little <laughs> idiosyncrasies. But um, uh, we see we see what happens when a human or a uh, mortal being touches one of these things. Um, because remember, like the the collector's assistant uh, grabs the power stone, the purple mm. stone, oh, yeah. and it's like <laughs> blows everything up and like shreds her to pieces. Mm-hmm. And so now we're these fucking MacGuffins that we kind of know what they are, but we kind of don't in the story. This is the big uh, tool of Guardians. Is like you no, know, these things are anchors of reality and um and what the world oh, like is. The stones. The stones. We're starting to get, we're starting to find out what they are. Yeah. Like, like specifically and like what it will mean to touch them. And like, wait, and so that's the, and this is why the Tesseract is in a cube. And this is why the mind gem was in a staff. Mm. They, they can't be touched. You can't touch them because you'll fucking mm. explode. And at the end of the end of Guardians, it ta- has to take all of them holding together, you know, the the moral of the story of these morality tales is well together perhaps we can share this pain and this and this knowledge of indescribable power like it, it's Starlet's going to die that's right that's how he gets the power stone right this is what happens in that movie 
well, the like, and it's the orb at the beginning of the movie. You know, it's, he's trying to get yeah. this orb. And he, anyways, we're just diving into what the what these things are, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they'll come no. back, you know, later. Of course. Ah, I knew I should have watched them too before I rewatched the last two adventures. Um, There's a moment when uh, Star Lord Chris Pratt like is is held up when he steals the orb at the big, very beginning of the movie, and he um, and like he's like he's like they're like hand it over. He's like, and he and he drops it. And then picks it up real quick. Oh, yeah. so that was that was improvised because <laughs> yeah. Chris Pratt. That's like such a Chris Pratt thing, thing to do. At such Isn't a weighty it? moment. At such yeah. a weighty moment, he's like, Hoop. but that's like that's like it's just like oh my god, he's Andy Dwyer in space. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I love uh, Andy Dwyer. Andy Dwyer is don't get me started. That show. Yeah, oh, I love that. I love that show. You know what? Um, I about like um some of the like some of the characters in this you know you have um drax who comes from that um that race that's like they like they don't get a lot of human customs and so there are these hilarious moments where he's just like reacting completely oh because they're very literal right like everything they say is is literal like a joke he's like like i think that's something somebody um, says at one point yes well, yeah. yeah, like someone said something, and like, and Drax's like, "What?" And they're like, "Don't worry, it went over his head." He's like, "Nothing goes over my head. I'm too quick. I'm gonna catch it." Um, uh, I'll just say it. He has autism. It, uh, it, oh. He's he's our first autistic superhero. Oh, no, that's like, so like, cute. I mean, I love it. Him. Is cute, and that um, is. I didn't guess. I that's such a great connect and like way of. Um, it's so cute. And it's funny because like, I, I thought about that with the second one with um, Mantis. Yeah. When he's she, so mean to her. Oh my God. Uh, I love Mantis too. He's like, so you are funny. so disgusting. You are so <laughs> ugly. He's like, he's like throwing up. He's like, I'm sorry. I was just imagining <laughs> having sex with you. <laughs> it was so disgusting. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's there so to me like super just for laughs yeah. and muscle yeah. um, so like, and that actor is great too isn't he like a ww no yeah, wait sorry that is right yeah it's he's Dave like Batista. a wrestler yeah he was a wrestler yeah because um, um yeah. the rock is no not the rock wait who does groot's voice is it the rock vin diesel yeah close enough <laughs> same genre yeah same idea like, of casting diesel. the casting and gamora and then do we also Ooh. have Gamora's sister too yes. now? We're introducing Nebula. 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 I love Nebula. her. Oh my um, god. She actually is one of the few to me um, that <sighs> reminds me of what we were talking about before with Vision, which we'll talk about in the next movie. Um, oh. Where she's sort of androidist, but it's like very a woman, but it's like, yeah. I don't know. I like. I, I feel like there's a different sort of line with her. I really That's love interesting. her. She's like well, one of the most interesting characters in the entire franchise, for sure. That's like so the so places too, yeah. she goes uh-huh. and like her little kind of arc in the beginning too, like Gamora and her kind of, by the end of the second movie, like they're like a team again. It would, and Work. it's in the second one that you really start to get to know her a little bit. Um, yeah. Because right. the first you just see her and, <laughs> and it's like the rivalry. And it's like, and I think what's great about the relationship too in these movies is that by learning about them, you learn about Thanos. Yeah. 
So it's yeah. like learning yep. when they talk about their childhood, having to fight and how every time she lost, she like another part of her body was like, you're learning like how fucked up mm-hmm. Thanos is. So I think their scenes together have such like great tension, but also like move the story along really well. I like, I mm-hmm. love the two of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, and Elliot, when I, this was the one that I texted you on like when we hadn't been, when I told you that I was starting to watch these ones and you said that Nebula reminded you of me or that I reminded you of Nebula. Do you remember saying that? <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> I, I think I might've said, I think I or said, that I might've like been drawn to her or something. I yes. I think that's more, I think I did. Did you like Nebula? I just uh, picked that out somehow. Gotta get it. Did, uh, were you or, or not? More and more, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, more and more. Yeah, but I mean, like you at the beginning when you meet her, you see her Sam. her defense mechanism in her like outer shell. So it's like you don't really see who she is at that point, you know. Well, yeah, in the beginning, she's such a bitch. She's such a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, know? wait, Fiona, were you offended that I said like? D- d- no. Did you like Nebula? Like, or 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 because she is villainous, I suppose. Right. No, I wasn't offended at all. I was interested in like figuring because I had only just met her. I think, yeah, I just think she's complex and, and uh, uh, I don't know, and yeah, has this amazing struggle that she deals with. Like, like, where, like, am I, do I really hate myself? Is this another release? Wait, am I the bad guy? Kind of realizations that we have every once in a while in this, in this massive, mm-hmm. silly movie series. Uh, she, she has this, uh, just, I don't know, just beautiful torture thing going on. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and I think like, so many of the characters in this, um, in these two movies are so much more like relatable to kind of the struggles that we all face. Um, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a misfit, like we're all kind of misfits here. And like, I mean, I'm on the autism spectrum. So like a lot of these characters kind of, you know, resonate little bits with me. Um, and so many of my friends, you know, across the years have had similar struggles. And so it's, it's interesting to see them depicted kind of like all together. There's a reason that they're a team, you know, they're not necessarily spectacular their own, like when it comes to being a superhero, you know, but like, I don't know, they make such a great team. I think that's where they're, that's kind of their whole archetype is like the epitome of the team. You know, Captain America is the epitome of the good guy and Iron Man's the epitome, of, you know, they all have their like archetype kind of things that they fall into. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, making them so relatable and i think that's why people do enjoy these movies and why i enjoyed it so much more is that they are you know it's nice to see a tortured woman for once obvious you know yeah <laughs> with nebula it's what do nice you mean to by- see like those sort of complexities <laughs> from that perspective to me and this is i think when i pass judgment on other things it's because i that to me is so interesting like those stories i mean Mm-hmm. with uh, Gamora and um, Nebula in their sibling rivalry it's in the second one where they that kind of comes to a head and like this the scene where they duke <gasps> oh, it out yeah I was, mm. like crying like it really like got emotional oh, for me because it's like, so intense yeah oh it's so intense Pro- I mean it's you've got sisters holy shit imagine just imagine yeah I mean I got along with my sisters for the most part but like my relationship to the external world like i i get nebula's struggle she's like i just wanted a sister like you just went after me and like you knew what he was doing you know he was like torturing me and replacing my body parts and stuff and you just would win and win and win i just like i wasn't trying to fight you 
I just wanted a sister. And like, that's, and it just breaks your heart. Well, yeah. And then it's like, when you think about Gamora and her whole arc and how it's like her kind of coming to terms with like all the bullshit she's done just to prove herself to Thanos. And it's like, why is she doing anything to prove herself to Thanos at all? He's the bad guy. God, I should have like killed myself a long time ago or whatever. You know, just like. Wasn't it the other guy who um, was their adoptive father? No, Thanos is all of their father. Adopted father. He's, okay. He essentially stole all of these kids from worlds he's conquered. Yes. There was another bad guy at the beginning of First Guardians, though. Right. Um, and I right. was confused. Oh, about that. That, that's the leader of, I can't remember that race's name, that they were using their armies just to over, because he wanted, if he helped Loki overtake Earth and get the Tesseract to thanos then thanos would help this other dude conquer some bullshit so it was just kind of like like because i feel like the whole first phase one and most of phase two is you're seeing thanos is kind of pulling a bunch of strings behind the scene you know to kind of like get all of these stones essentially like he's trying to do it covertly at first and then it's just kind of his progression to like resorting to power essentially. Now you're kind of first seeing him take his like first steps into like showing his face mm. and being like honest about the fact that it's him that's like trying to get these things and that he's done playing around a little bit. Yeah. So the uh, end game of it all is for Thanos to gather all these gems. And, uh, and if he does, he is um, above God. In Guardians Volume One, we meet Ronan the Accuser, is the villain's name. Right, and he's trying to get guy. the get the orb, which within which when we when we meet the Collector, we open it and we see the purple gem, which is the power gem, and he slams it into his hammer and all that shit. And now he has a uh, power, meaning I think oh, meaning kind of yeah. I think kind of meaning I think kind of meaning strength eternal. And that, and you could extrapolate from that to mean like willpower and like and it, all of this. We have the you have the collector, uh, you know, character kind of kind of give a real brief summary of like what these things are. And I, the idea is that at the dawn of reality, the ideas of reality were manifested into these little rocks. And this is just how we're operating now. <laughs> Story wise, they are what you would call a MacGuffin. Most of these movies have some sort of MacGuffin. We got, I got to get that thing away from the bad guy. And it's often a, an object, and more than not, it's a stone. And we slowly start to realize, especially now, that these things are more, more than powerful. They are um, reality-altering and very, very important. But the idea that if you could collect these things, you could become God and then just make the world in your own image, if you like. Is starting to creep up. Um, um, yeah, I have a lot of questions about the Infinity Stones, but I feel like I would prefer to wait to talk about them till the end. I think we might need um, to wait for that. Just because, yeah, just because then we can talk about them and uh, with all the information. Um, right. Yeah, I think this this is a movie that I think is really great at setting up, but also not being dull, both the, like together. I mean, I kind of thought it was sort of weird in the second one. It's like, yeah. we learn about his father and like what his father is and that he does have like some sort of mystical powers. But when 
at the end of that, when the father dies, did he lose all of his magic powers? Yeah, because like, it was tied to the um, the planet that Ego was, right? Is that correct? Yeah, but I kind of thought maybe he would still... <laughs> like, then, was it- is it, wouldn't he just die too then? Like, I want to know. I feel like there's got to be something else. Like, I was kind of hoping he'd get some, like, superchargedness or something. I don't know. I want Who would? Star Lord, just to like make him a little oh. bit more. Yeah, does he keep any of that? Well, he that well he did. Him? Does he get to keep his fancy powers? I feel like kind well, of no, right? There, there's right. Well, there's a line at the very end of, and now we're moving into volume two, which I could talk about the dad shit of it all. Yeah, for three hours. The idea that like, oh, my dad was just literally spreading his seed as far and as wide as he possibly fucking could. Cool. I had, I fucking that resonated when you with see me all the bones and a really of the other children. Like, yes, why? right. He was trying to create something. Mm-hmm. He wanted company. He wanted his equal. I feel like or something that he could think of as. No, he just needed of his kind, but not. He wanted. Uh, oh well, yeah, somebody to like help him disperse. Yes, and then now we're getting into the fucking male hubris of it, uh, addressing it directly. Because we, we've, we've talked about this before in, in these fucking Marvel movies, like, God damn these men um, and, their, and their fucking confidence. I know. <laughs> uh, like, what? And, and, and valid. Mm-hmm. But now we're actually addressing it, like, fucking head on. His name is Ego. His name is Ego! <laughs> His name is... It's like, uh, clear as day. It's right there. It's right there. You pick it right up off the ground. Um, uh, his name is Ego, the living planet. He is the planet. The planet is him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a god. He's an immortal, and he wants his legacy to be secure so he can rest because he is immortal. So he's going to fuck as many people as he can until he makes another one of himself. And that's what Star-Lord became. That's why he was even able to touch the Power Stone in Volume 1. Mm-hmm. because he has part of this um, immortal race in him, which is problematic, but, <laughs> but like, but like, I, I think we're, we're mm. like, that's what's interesting about volume two is that this male hubris personified, you know, like mm-hmm. what a piece of shit. And Kurt Russell oh, with the man. perfect casting. Like, Absolutely. It's just like death. proof. He's so right like good at making you hate him. You know what yeah. I mean? Because he, he can make you he, love him and then flip it, which is like, and dick, like Fiona just said, like dick. death proof. Yeah, he's so charming. But and then when he's evil, uh, you're like, whoa, hang on a second, like, oh my fuck, oh, oh no, he's Jesus. really evil. He's really evil. Oh yeah. my god, no, 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 really, really, yeah. Evil. And you're just like, of course he is. Like, why didn't I see this all along? Yeah, motherfucker. And that's yeah. we, we have that realization with Star Lord with Chris Pratt. You know, he's like, wait, wait, you yeah. what? And when he's like, I had to kill your mom, like. Like you, wait, you what? No, you don't Breaks fuck with Starla's the... Starla's mom because that's our that's that's this is our story anchor. This is our mm-hmm. anchor that like the only thing he really gives a shit about. Like, there's a reason he hasn't gone back to Earth. That's the same reason he hasn't opened up Volume Two yet. It, it he's terrified of having to confront these things and these confront these realities. I don't want to get to know my dad. What if he disappoints me? And of course he fucking does. Yeah. Of course he fucking does. But they do. He opened up like... the box. And you can like see how he like let his guard down when they like play catch in the back. Yeah. Oh my god. They like literally oh. have a game of catch. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely was cracking up at that little tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little on the nose, but like, uh, yeah, like a little, a little bit, right? Uh, but that was just like him letting his guard down and like letting himself be, you know, brought into that dad relationship that he's been like wanting for so long. Cause he like had the, he used to like tell the kids about the other guy being his dad. Who was that that he pretended was his dad? Here we go. Beautiful allegory of oh, ado- adoption. Uh, uh, Night Night Rider. Um, whoa, whoa, oh, wait, wait, uh, Daniel uh, Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. David yeah. Hasselhoff. Oh, I thought we were talking about um. No, like that's what Star Lord. That's who he tells everybody his oh. dad is is yeah. David Hasselhoff because he doesn't you... know who it is. When he was like a yeah. little kid, he had like a picture of David yeah. Hasselhoff, and he's like, "That's my dad." Uh huh. <laughs> but were you going to like what was it Yan Yandu Yandu is that where you were going oh the pirate guy that's where I was going the guy who yeah. raised him yeah I uh, I loved his little whistly arrow the, the um, whistle arrow is so badass and when he's trying to get baby Groot to bring his fin that controls it <laughs> yeah yeah it like brings like a it brings like a leg brings so like, many things. Where'd you get that? <laughs> like, um, and, and, but uh, but like Yondu uh, is the guy that essentially kidnapped him from Earth. Uh, Chris Pratt, Peter Quill, Star Lord. It, it's revealed that he was there to and he protected him and kept him out of danger. And the line, come on, guys, the line. He might have been your father, but he wasn't your dad. Yeah. I had actually been wondering, like, throughout the movie, like, he was, he kept calling um, Kurt Russell his father. And, like, they stuck to using that terminology, father, father, father. And I was like, like, why don't they say dad or anything? Well, they were setting up this perfect line right there. Yeah. Beautiful. As he dies. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. And again, if you didn't cry at, Yondu's funeral when everyone showed up and shot the fire fucking space fireworks where the hell they were. Which they did and <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what that to tell you. Cute. I know. Cute. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest that I don't think I've cried at any one of these movies. Like I'm not a crier. Like get out. I, I get you talking about them. There have been moments where I'm like, oh I superhero <laughs> movies are not the kind that make me cry. <laughs> just <laughs> oh, but these are okay. humanity stories, not You're superheroes. the person yeah. that, like, talking to Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're um, they're super movies. Okay, well, we, we can't talk about Guardians One and Two without talking about the fucking soundtrack. Did everyone love oh, the score? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. The music is so good. Oh, what, okay. a, but like what a but like a what what a great um yeah like, s- story mechanism. So Marvel just had a huge win from the Avengers and all this, and they're still going strong. And like, wow, Avengers is, like, is one of the biggest movies in the world. Um, what do we do next? Um, Guardians. These are comic books that I had never even fucking heard of. These are F-list status superheroes that no one gave a shit about. Fucking Feige, man. Has some grand design in his head. Like, no, we're going to do Guardian. We're going to get James Gunn to do it. James Gunn brother. Uh, Mocap's Groot and Rocket Raccoon. And he also he's also one of the um, space pirates with the big eyes and all that. You know, at the end of volume two, that that one dude tries to use the arrow. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. and he accidentally like 
hits uh Drax? it hits uh Drax, yeah. That is that is the director's brother. And that guy's that guy suits up and portrays Groot and Rocket. Mm. No kidding. What? He's an astonishing actor. And like there's like you can see like you know behind the scenes things of him in like a fucking green stocking and Batista is like rubbing his head like there there when he's like sad rocket and then he just oh. he, and he and he performs Groot. Oh fucking, man! Speaking of Rocket, the, yeah. the bond that he has with Yondu, like them opening up to each other, and Yondu's like, like I know what you're doing. You're trying to piss people off and push them away, um, because oh yeah, like, right? It's like yeah. because I do that. I know that you're like, like I see what you're doing because that's me. And it's yeah. like these two like characters who just like lash out yeah. at everybody around them. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know. I thought that's awesome. Was, like, yeah. I don't know what we're yelling mm-hmm. about. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Awesome stuff, man. Um, I had another thing to say about the Gamora and Nebula stuff. Oh, please. Because oh, um, yeah. there's an element to that, which is like pretty relevant to like the experience of being a woman, which is oh. it's it's like this thing that happens where when when you're trying to elevate yourself um, as far as like being in the world of men or whatever like that, you're in a position where you want to sort of like be on that playing field where you sort of betray your your own sex. So like women betray other women to mm. elevate themselves. I've done it before and I hate that I've done it, but it's like, mm. it's, it's such a common experience. And, and so Gamora and Nebula's whole thing were like, I mean, they're being forced to fight, but they're also rising to the challenge and sort of like buying into that scenario, you mm. know? Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, but yeah. Nebula and Gamora always felt like um, two people that shared the same trauma and appropriated it in two different ways. Uh, Gamora uh, used that, that trauma and that pain to build walls around herself. Uh, Nebula, use it to build spears to just annihilate anyone that ever uh, gets to her and stuff. Yeah. I totally want to understand what you're talking about as being a person who is not a straight white man walking into certain situations that are dominated by them uh-huh. and having to be faced with that choice is like, how much am I willing to compromise myself to get ahead here? And like what those relationships play out you know, in order to gain this sort of acceptance from the straight white man that's dominating the situation. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I 100% agree with that statement. Like, a lot of people are forced in that situation every single fucking day, you know? Okay. Like, I totally recognize what that means. And I recognize yeah. what that means from, like, a gay perspective. You know, it's like, I understand it's, it can be anybody. All they're doing is trying to uh, win Thanos' approval as their father. Mm-hmm. They're distancing themselves from themselves. Like they're yeah. like, I have no room for self. I am just, now I'm just Gamora, the fucking warrior. Now I am just Nebula, the fucking weapon, the assassin. I don't know if like culture is even in their, in their, in their mind at all. Do we feel that the women are better represented here in phase two? In oh, I think, well, I think in general, the women characters get better and better. And just like the diversity overall. Mm-hmm. in these movies like continue to grow um and i think a lot of that success is 
obviously Black Panther because again we haven't seen other than Nick Fury like a a black woman since Captain Marvel which actually in reality came out so much later you know what I mean we loved her too you know I think these later movies get so much better at writing and understanding that the world will still come and see these movies that kind of as long as you just cast really amazing actors that are like true to the characters because I think there's like a lot of up until now there's like a lot of boring white ladies you know like so that's why these movies get so much better and I think this is one of the first movies and it's like it does play into a little bit of that trope though of like using people of color as like alien races you know but I think that it's done in such a genuine way that that's not what they were doing here with the rest of the casting and the way they continue to cast that it felt a little bit their casting always feels like pretty authentic to me for the most part Don Cheadle is the biggest casting question mark to me in the entire MCU just because the was, just because of the recasting of it or, or no or just what? like I was like they're probably to me you felt like they're probably kind of like he just always seemed really old you know and as the movies <laughs> progressed like, he seems Don, Don Cheadle, Cheadle oh. when they recast him as War Machine Rodine mm-hmm. he's um, 88 I just like I, I know I just thought like the did, what's did, his face that played him first felt more yeah. like virile and a bit younger and virile yeah he was like a beefier kind of guy don Cheadle's like a skinny dude i don't know you, you said you said uh, there was like a tropey um racial casting in guardians oh, but, something... I think, but i think no Is... i'm talking about in general like in the past i think like star trek and uh right like, like back in then and a lot of their and like the a lot of they talk about now like Pixar about turning like black characters into animals or they always become something and like mm-hmm. a, in the Star Trek sci-fi world yeah yeah they moved away from that with the oh, casting cool. with how good the casting is and then how it continues to be so diverse because Black Panther is like one of the best cast that, like oh fuck. God, like, yeah. who's gonna be now that Chadwick Boseman's dead? Like, who's uh, gonna be the new? We'll get to it. Um, I think it's just like you get to see not humans, like you get to see those movies are like colorful, and there's a reason I think that they have that like you know goofy English attitude that we kind of talked about. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, they just lend um, themselves to being like more lighthearted because there's so much alien nonsense in a way. You know what I mean? Hitchhiker's Guide, right? Yeah, um, it has that whole shtick, yeah. I feel like, yeah. There seems to be a, um, especially in Guardians 1 and 2, there seems to be a this shift away from the male gaze. Like, we have, at phase when we have Black Widow, and it's kind of her character, like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, like, what's your biggest weapon, Black Widow? What's your superpower? My sexuality! Like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. Like, uh, that is like ass. her introduction, isn't it? A little bit. And for like a couple of movies, it's like, look at this girl's ass. How cool is that? That's the real superpower. They, they objectify but, Chris. They objectify Captain America's butt so much, though. So it's so good. Hey, that's America's ass. That's so, America's ass. Um, damn, that um, is America's but, ass. Yeah, right. Oh, I'll get, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, come on. But there, there seems to be, especially in Guardians. Um, yeah, and then especially if we're talking about uh, Nebula and Gamora at length, and we are, they're so uh, at least from from where I'm sitting, 
so non-sexualized and they're just fucking people uh, and like we're, mm-hmm. we're we're focusing on their on their strife and their pain more than their fucking tits and ass nebula like is again like her body is that very kind of android like non-sexualized over-sexualized body like she doesn't have her hair yeah right the hair Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's something about those characters that just like there's something about that look that automatically desexualizes it you know what i mean it's like it becomes so starkly about the physical form but then it's always you know a weird color you know she's blue you know, just like Vision eventually has like his coloring, you know, it's just like they always have that look, which just makes them intentionally feel like of not us so mm-hmm. much. They can kind of get away with that. Mm. You know, I think that's how they get away with that sort of not us, not male skin. Yeah, like yeah. that's there were a couple moments that um, <laughs> um, that I did pick up on where like uh, they did a great job at um, departing from that traditional depiction of women. Um, there was one moment that I was a little critical where um, um, it was when Nebula had kind of commandeered the um, the troop the troops that had been sent in to like ambush um, the guardians in the, in the woods or, or in the woods yeah in the woods and so they're back mm-hmm. on the ship and they're like flying back to like go collect the bounty and that one guy who's like just some some dude. Um, is talking to Nebula and he's like, what are you going to do with your share of the bounty? Um, and she like, she goes off on this great rant about like, she essentially tells her whole backstory of um, like how she fought with her sister constantly. And it's just like really dark and heavy thing. And then it pans back to, to him and he's like, oh, I thought, wouldn't you want to go get a pretty necklace or something so you could <laughs> you know make all the other girls think she's so pretty and she's, is, she's like i will kill my sister i will watch her die and then i will kill Thanos, my father and then I will, <laughs> yeah and he's like uh okay <laughs> but that's but, but isn't the, that kind of refreshing because they're, they're you know fucking with your expectations and all this kind of yes but the, the thing that that i was thinking is because like that, he's the dumb character in that scene he's right. the dumb one. and by contrast you're like like you're an idiot you know she's clearly yeah. like not about that but the thing is with cinema is you keep you keep re- like reminding your audience of these stereotypes which you are trying to depart from but by reminding uh, them you're bringing them back to that so like same right. with scarlett johansson in um right winter soldier where like she shows cap her scar when the, they're like when she's first trying to say um you know you can trust me um here's the scar and like bye bye bikinis so even like even just having the vocabulary there however subverted is problematic yeah i mean mildly so because on the whole the characters do depart from that and you know like their right. their struggles are not about men even though it's you know the father figure still like they're trying to get approval for but that's different than like what women are generally seen to be having as their goal or problems right. um so yeah i mean mm. it was still it was still progressive and refreshing interesting yep. mm. all right i mean will we i mean it's not, it's not these movies jobs to necessarily combat these horrible ideas and 
tropes. Well, yeah, I think they, that's what they do, though, is that they they point them out. They point them out. They make them obvious for you. Just like when we were talking about throwing the ball back and forth. You know, it's like yeah. they, yes. they yeah. have to yeah. make it like sort of understandable for like, like right. I'm, I have a feeling there's probably some people out there who probably didn't get the ball joke, you know? <laughs> like, oh my God. The, or no, like that, understood like, what that yeah. meant and what that was saying. You know, there's a lot of like, what are those called? It, um, it, um, oh, colloquialisms? Colloquialisms. It's like uh, that whole thing is, that's what like, it's sort of like, well, that's what a trope is. It's a colloquialism yeah. or whatever. Right. Well, and I don't bring this up as like a serious critique, but like. Um, no, I get it. I something like, that I, I noticed. Saying. Just uh, critique away. They do, what, they do bring. They do. What else are we do doing here? My my realization now is that like, um, man, what a, what more of a departure could Guardians have been? Because we're now we are we're a galaxy away from Earth and those social norms. Uh, what an opportunity to change things up even more. Enough with the uh, have a catch with Dad. Enough with the I thought you'd buy a necklace. That's th- these are Earthbound ideas you know what an opportunity to uh change all that up james gunn the director and writer is subverting them by having you know uh nebula be a fucking beast and not wanting a goddamn necklace because why would you even imagine someone like that wanting a necklace but the vocabulary is still there so you are you are acknowledging this norm however uh subverting it we have to acknowledge that they are telling these, these stories to an audience that accepts these norms. And that's why it's a joke. Right. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a joke if we didn't think that men thought women want necklaces. It wouldn't be impactful. Yeah. It wouldn't be impactful that Peter Quill is throwing a ball of energy around with his father if that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. in our culture. Again, these are morality tales. These are you know, modern myths and legends. They're using our language and our so society language, societal language to tell these stories um, as best they can. And um, I, I think more than most of the other MCU films, James Gunn with his Guardians movies really tries to subvert it, positive or negative, I don't know, but he doesn't need that vocabulary, those words to make it impactful. Yeah, and I will say like um, to their, I mean, to the the purpose where like you know directors want to elicit a response from the audience that was an effective tool it elicited a response from me the the necklace comment like yeah it's it's a tool to elicit a response and like as so many of these like tropey moments are and in that as an objective that was a successful use of that moment you know because I responded Mm. in that way yeah. Um, but on the flip side, Mantis is also a female character and she's so ridiculous and I love it. I love oh, it. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I love her. She's a cutie. Oh, <laughs> I loved her character so much. She's like distilled <laughs> emotion. She's just like. Yeah. And she only gets better, that character. I love her so much more later on. I think the whole Guardians crew just gets better and better. Like the more you get to know them, um, I, it's I, unreal. I actually <gasps> what cannot for real wait, cannot wait to contradict a lot of the things I'm saying about it now. Later on, can't wait for real. Okay, um, I I will just 
non-spoilers, spoiler alert, um, I am going to change my tune really hard on one of these characters by the end of these movies, for sure. In a negative or positive? I... Well, I've loved everybody. So, what do you think? <laughs> uh-huh. oh, I'm so curious. Oh, come on, which 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 character did you no, change your mind we'll about? We'll talk about it. We'll talk. Okay. No, because I don't. Nobody needs to know that, especially Fiona. She can. It's, I don't want anything. Else to say. Yeah.